Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, July 20th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, Attorney General Jim Hood has announced he is conducting an investigation into a proposed road project that would extend from Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves' neighborhood to a shopping area. What's next? All this was about is not saying anybody did anything wrong. I'm just saying that, that, that the evidence needs to be preserved, that the legislators are exempt from, from, from the requirements to preserve that information. If somebody didn't make them, freeze it up, and that doesn't give us time to get figure out how we do the independent review. Then state officials are cracking down on scam charities that will tell you they're helping veterans. And meet a man whose passion for music has benefited musicians and audiences in central Mississippi. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi Attorney General Jim Hood says the public has a right to know the truth about a proposed $2 million frontage road project in Flowood. He says he wants to preserve records for an independent investigation now that it has come into question. All this was about is not saying anybody did anything wrong. I'm just saying that, that, that the evidence needs to be preserved, that the legislators are exempt from, from, from the requirements to preserve that information. If somebody didn't make them, freeze it up, and that doesn't give us time to get figure out how we do the independent review. The road would connect a gated community where Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves lives with a shopping hub. The Clarion Ledger reported the director of the Mississippi Department of Transportation said there was political pressure from the Senate side to get the project done. Reeves presides over the Senate. MDOT has put the project on hold to reassess the need. Hood says the investigation has a twofold effort, but it is not politically based. We had to go a different route with a letter, and it had to go out to so many people, the senators and those people who may have been in email transmissions about this issue. Um, we had to do it with a litigation hold letter, and that's the, what's unusual about uh, this this uh, look at this case because we had to. Our attempt here was to try to um, our attempt here is to try to, to make sure that we've thrown a net around all the evidence so it's preserved for an independent review. Um, and this litigation whole letter was the method by which we, we do that. And a second reason for the necessity of going with a litigation whole letter is, is that with the legislature, there, there's, no way, there's no statute requires preservation of emails, text, and documents um, because, you know, they're exempt from the Open Records Act. And it ought not be that way. But that's why I'm having to step into this void. It's not a situation that I uh, care about being in, but it's my job. It's my duty, just like we were here with those veterans. You know, and, and um, this uh, issue has, has raised questions that the public would never know about if we didn't seek these, uh, uh, these documents and emails and text and these transmissions. So there's twofold effort here. One, to freeze and, and, and preserve. Uh, any evidence uh, of any potential uh, issues uh, that that may be improperly uh, have have occurred improperly, but um, that's that's what our approach is to provide transparency. You know, I wish the legislature would go into session next time. I'm going to draft a bill, so they do, or so their records are subject to the uh, Open Records Act, so that we would get those. I'd rather the media be able to view any transmissions of any emails and and decide that way. And we just sit back and wait to see what uh, those transmissions are. But 
because the legislature can destroy that kind of evidence, there's no duty of preservation, uh, we had to step out and send that, e that letter out. I knew it would get out in the public. It wasn't intended to create anything uh, or indicate anything that there may have been any criminal activity or whatever, but we have a duty to look into it. And there's nobody else here uh, available, uh, and that's the job of the Attorney General. Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves has denied any wrongdoing. The investigation creates a clash between Hood and Reeves, who are both expected to run for governor in 2019. Reeves says in a statement the letter is political grandstanding by an ambitious Democrat running for office. Reeves says he's committed to finding out if there was any undue political influence by the Senate or staff members. He added he has asked the director of MDOT for any documentation to support her suggestion. She hasn't yet responded. Democratic Senator Billy Simmons chairs the Highway and Transportation Committee. He says legislators are concerned about the state's infrastructure. The elected officials, legislative body, and as chairman of the Appropriation Committee, we are very concerned, as you well know, about the roads and bridges uh, all over the state of Mississippi. As far as I know, there has never been any kind of pressure put on anyone uh, at the Department of Transportation by the uh, Senate Appropriation Committee or the Transportation Committee to say that you had to do anything out of the necessary, unnecessary or against the law. We do advocate for making sure that all of our bridges and roads are taken care of and our citizens have safe access and we can move commerce and take care of it. So I was pleased to see Commissioner Hall come out and say that he did not know of any pressure, and that's where the pressure would be since he is the commissioner for the Central District. And to hear the uh, lieutenant governor, and now I'm telling you, Mr. Chairman of the uh, Highways and Transportation Committee on the Senate side, as well as a member of the Budget Committee and a member of the Appropriation Committee, that I have not witnessed or heard of any or experienced any unnecessary uh, pressure being placed on anyone to do any such. So when Commissioner Hall indicated that he thought it was a need for it for safety reasons, and he had actually made that ruling and made that decision as a commissioner, then I was pleased with that. Senator Willie Simmons of Cleveland. Coming up, find out why state officials are warning Mississippians about veteran charity scams. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the Woodward Hines Education Foundation, committed to helping more Mississippians obtain post-secondary credentials, college certificates, and degrees that lead to employment. More information about Woodward Hines Education Foundation at woodwardhines.org. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. 
State officials in Mississippi are joining a nationwide effort to alert donors of so-called charities claiming to use their donations to help veterans. Operation Donate with Honor is an education campaign developed by the Federal Trade Commission and the National Association of State Charity Officials. It aims to help consumers recognize charitable fraud and identify legitimate causes. Stacy Pickering is head of the state's Veterans Affairs Board. He tells MPB's Desiree Frazier Mississippians should take caution. Well, you know, it's great to have a national emphasis on this, but, you know, people are very generous, especially here in Mississippi, and they give their charitable donations, not just through our local congregations and churches, but a lot of good organizations, but especially for groups that claim to be supporting our veterans, our men and women in uniform or those that have served, World War II, Korea, Vietnam. And Secretary Hoseman and Attorney General Jim Hood are leading the effort here in Mississippi for public awareness, but also to fight the fraudulent charities, those that would steal that money prey on people's goodwill, but take money that was intended to go to our veterans. And on behalf of our 200,000 veterans across Mississippi, we have almost 600 living in our, our veterans' homes that we oversee. This is monies that would go to aid them possibly in their comfort and their financial needs, you know, address multitude of issues, especially our young veterans who are now right now deployed with the 155th. So to see this effort, this kind of attention brought to scams, programs that would steal monies from uh, our veterans, I appreciate the leadership here in our state of these two men. Now, I know you're just stepping into this role from being state auditor. Are you familiar with any of the ways that they are misleading folks? Well, you know, some organizations will slightly change their name uh, a little bit is one way. The other is they call, they'll do a telemarketing, it'll be a phishing expedition where they try to get you to send them cash or give you access to your bank accounts or to send a gift card. Well, all of those things are untraceable and untrackable. You don't want to give anyone access to your personal banking accounts, your checking savings or any other accounts. You don't want to use you want to use a check, use a credit card. It's trackable. You can challenge those things if it turns out to be fraudulent. You want to ask good questions of these. Where are you located? How much of the money actually goes to veterans? How's this money going to be spent? These are all good things that people need to be asking before they donate the first dollar. And you are a veteran. Well, and I'm currently serving in the Mississippi Air National Guard. I've been deployed a couple of times, and uh, it's a great honor to wear our nation's uniform and to serve alongside our men and women in uniform, but especially as Director of Veteran Affairs to take care of those that have gone before that have given us a legacy, a heritage of service and protection of our freedoms and protection of our state. And now I get to care for them in my civilian while, while also continuing to serve in the Mississippi Air National Guard. And I think some of them would probably, I assume, be in vulnerable positions at this point. Well, you know, many of the veterans that we serve through the State Veterans Affairs Board are in our nursing homes, our four veterans' homes across the state. And they are uh, preyed upon, and we do protect them and make sure when they're in our care. But it's those that are not. It's not just charitable giving from the from the public, but there are people who would prey on our veterans themselves and trying to take advantage of them. And I appreciate the attention that today's announcement brings on those kind of scams and helping everyone be wise, be aware to make sure we're protecting ourselves, our state, and our nation. Stacy Pickering, thank you for speaking with us. Thank you. Glad to be with you. Attorney General Jim Hood says his office and the Secretary of State's office are joining others in the effort. This is a cooperative effort uh, between the AG's office, the Secretary of State's office, which has the Charities Division, and the uh, FTC. So the FTC has kind of spearheaded this effort nationally. It's called Operation Donate with Honor. And so the purpose of this is to try to bring attention to people, uh, good citizens who want to contribute to veterans' causes, to make sure that they're careful and they're not ripped off by some scam artist uh, claiming that they're uh, out here helping veterans or active duty members. 
uh, for for that matter. I will just sort of point out what uh, this effort uh, is is intended to accomplish. Um, the problem that we're encountering is that people get online, they call by phone, some even go door to door, and they present themselves as if they're a charity. And many of us citizens that maybe we don't serve in the military uh, like Stacy has and, and, and contribute, but we want to contribute to their cause. We appreciate what they do. Uh, those that get up and uh, put on a uniform every day, be it in law enforcement or uh, first responders or, or military. And so there, many of them will solicit uh, contributions and, um, you know, some will offer to, for example, send packages to uh, care packages to active duty members or or for causes, be it for mental health uh, or different areas of, of just general uh, assistance to uh, veterans themselves. And people naturally want to do that, and they're not, we don't, you know, our defenses kind of go down when you talk about that kind of contribution. John Holworth is the National Communications Director for American Veterans, a nationwide veteran service organization with offices and volunteers in Mississippi. He tells MPB's Ashley Norwood fraudulent activity is a major issue. American Veterans has a number of programs that we take a lot of pride in. Um, uh, chief among them is uh, they're all centered around helping actual veterans. So we have programs designed to pair veterans who need need jobs with employers who specifically want to hire veterans. Um, Whether someone's a member of our organization or not, we have people standing by to help them file and adjudicate their VA claims with the Department of Veterans Affairs to make sure that they have the benefits that they've earned. And one of our really big programs is uh, our HEAL team, which is health, education, advocacy, and legislation. And what we do is we travel the country listening to actual veterans and um, connecting them with the the care that they need through our licensed clinicians and also on the ground there having a good sense of exactly what problems veterans are experiencing in their communities so we can take that back to Washington and be their fierce advocate on Capitol Hill and make sure that, that veterans are actually taken care of. With all the efforts that go into um, making sure that the programs you all have are working and that they are helping veterans, how does it make you feel to know that there are some organizations that are posing to do the same things, but they're not? They're taking charitable dollars and they're using it for whatever reason besides helping veterans. Yeah, it's despicable. I think about that the same way I think about people that you read about in the news who get caught wearing military decorations they've never earned. It's just despicable. A few places are actually trying to combat that. Sure. I mean, I would like to encourage people to support AMVETS in any way they can because we're working tirelessly for real veterans every day. Um, not just on a national level on the way that we've described, but also on a local level. We have individual posts all over the United States holding uh, cookouts and fish fries and spaghetti dinners to help the veterans right there in their own community. Um, But if this is actually, you know, if this is a widespread problem, you gotta, you gotta be diligent, I guess, do your research and make sure um, that the, the, the charity quote unquote, that, that is soliciting your donations is legitimate. How can people in Mississippi get involved? Is there some offices or are there some donation booths around that people can visit? So we have a post in Mississippi, and it's in Biloxi. Tell me about the post. Like, what can people do, or, or what does it mean? What exactly is that? We have a post, an American Veterans post in Biloxi, Mississippi. 
um, that is doing work to help veterans right there in the Biloxi area. But our Mississippi AMVETs kind of fall under the administrative direction of the Department of Louisiana, which has, you know, uh, at least a half dozen posts. So, you know, people can, if people want to help AMVETs help veterans, um, they can either contact the post in Biloxi, Mississippi, or Google the depart the AMVETs Department of Louisiana, or just go to AMVETs website um, and donate nationally because. Um, our job here at National is to make sure that all the good work that uh, posts are doing throughout the country. John is with AMVETS. We thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. The Secretary of State's website provides tips to remember when donating to a charity. The list includes asking for the charity's name, website, and physical location, asking how much of your donation will go to the charitable program you want to support, and checking to see whether the charity is registered in Mississippi. Also, they say never pay with cash, a gift card, or by wiring money. Coming up, meet a man whose passion for music has benefited musicians and audiences in central Mississippi. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the Woodward Hines Education Foundation, committed to helping more Mississippians obtain post-secondary credentials, college certificates, and degrees that lead to employment. More information about Woodward Hines Education Foundation at woodwardhines.org. Can't get to a radio? Well, don't worry. MPB Think and Music Radio are available online and on our MPB public media app. It's simple. Just log on to our website at mpbonline.org to get started. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. You're listening to Mississippi Swing from the Mississippi Community Symphonic Band. Band leader and musician David Chalmer is one of the 12 recipients of the 2018 Governor's Initiative for Volunteer Excellence, or GIVE Awards. The recognition highlights volunteerism in the state. Officials with Volunteer Mississippi say citizens who serve in their communities as volunteers contribute to the strength and vitality of every Mississippi town and city. They go on to say volunteers keep our neighborhoods safe, mentor our children, feed hungry families, comfort the elderly and respond in times of disaster. Honoree David Schaumer tells us the importance of promoting the arts in Mississippi. I'm originally from New Orleans, and music is literally everywhere, fully immersed in the culture and so forth. And when I moved to Jackson, it became evident there's plenty of opportunities for growth, plenty of potential that's uh, just waiting to happen. And to me, that's very exciting. And one of the things that I did when I first moved was I joined the Mississippi Community Symphonic Band. I quickly noticed the incredible level of talent, and that made me realize that this would be something that the community would definitely want. And that's when I decided to form the Mississippi uh, Swing Big Band. And this is a community outreach organization, uh, ensemble, and it's just been in incredibly successful. I've never had a problem finding musicians willing to participate. Uh, the big band's got got twenty uh, regular members that perform. We've got and these we, are volunteer members, aren't all they? volunteer. Nobody gets paid with this organization. That's the beauty of it, and that in and of itself is inspiring to me. You've got a tremendous amount of volunteerism going on here in Mississippi. There's never a shortage of volunteers, and there's never a shortage of talent. What instruments do you play? I play trumpet, I can uh, play valve trombone, and I can play baritone. 
are the Mississippi Swing musicians all part of the community symphonic band? Uh, the majority of them are. We do have some uh, that have volunteered that are not regular members of the community band, but the majority are. Do they audition for you? That is another beautiful thing about the community band here. There are no auditions. Having heard both groups, I am astounded by that, that you don't have auditions. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes with regard to selection of music and looking at the musicians who we have to find the music that fits their ability. And it's been an incredibly successful formula. So, I mean, we've got musicians out there playing professionally that lend their time and talent because they understand what Mississippi Swing in the Community Band is about. It's about serving as a catalyst in the community to see what the musical potential is for Mississippi. And also, the the beauty of the concert band and Mississippi Swing and, and the other community outreach ensembles that we provide is that it's giving these musicians an opportunity to perform styles of music they may not be familiar with. So it's continued education. Uh, The other beautiful thing about the community band as well as Mississippi Swing and the ensembles is that we're open to all ages. So we do have high school students coming in who have incredible amount of talent themselves uh, that participate in our ensembles. You are having an instrument drive. Tell us about that. The instrument drive has a great uh, background story on it. I got my first trumpet when I was in second grade. <laughs> was it a little on. trumpet? Was it smaller? It was, it was, no, it was a, it's like a beginner horn, built like a tank, built to last. I've still got it. Uh, but that was my first trumpet, was a con director. But I'd always wanted to fix one to see if it could make it work again. And so I literally just went on eBay, found a, found a trumpet cheap that somebody was just getting rid of, and I got myself a couple of tools and discovered I could actually fix this thing and get it back into playing condition again. Now, I can't do any major, major repairs, but if slides are stuck, valves are stuck, corks need to be replaced, all that type of stuff, I figured out that I could actually get these horns working again. And then it occurred to me that there's probably some kid out there like myself when I was growing up that sure could use an instrument to play, learn to play. And so then I asked other band members of the Mississippi Swing Big Band if they had any instruments to donate (laughs) to let me practice on. (laughs) And the instruments started flooding in. So then you realize you're on to something. So then you start announcing it to the rest of the concert band. Then more instruments are coming in. (laughs) This was back in 2015. So at the August concert, I decided to get in touch with Jackson Public Schools to find out, was there a band program to where you had a band director who was in need of musical instruments? I spoke, uh, I spoke with the principal, spoke with band directors, and sure enough, we ended up, I think we, we gave away 20 to 30 musical instruments, mm. that first instrument distribution at the August concert back in, in 2015. And ever since then, the musical instruments are still coming in. We're now gaining corporate uh, sponsorship for it. Ardenland Entertainment has jumped on it. If I can't repair it or any of my musician volunteer friends can't repair it, we pass it on to Mississippi Music. Mississippi Music's been great. They've gotten on board with it. Uh, Many other Mississippi Association of Partners in Education is supporting it. It's just if someone has an instrument taking, you know, uh, getting, gathering dust in their closet, what do they do with it? Uh, what they need to do is they need to get in touch with me, 
come to the concert in August. Uh, that's going to be right around the corner. You take instruments from wherever you can get them, I would we, imagine. We take them wherever you can get them to us. Uh, if it's not too far off, we can come get them ourselves, but we'll take them. And we get them back into working condition, and then we get them out to schools in in, in the local community. However, uh, we would love to see this thing go statewide. I've spoken with representatives of the Grammy Museum who would like to see instruments start heading out to that neck of the woods. So I think we're on to something. David, and, do you uh, have like a website or a Facebook page where people can get information on this plus your schedule? Uh, they can go to www.mcsb.us. MCSB. All That's right. It. David Schomer received the Outstanding Service in the Arts and Humanities Give Award. Congratulations on that, and thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks. And we end today's show with more music from Mississippi Swing. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's the Gestalt Gardener. Then at 10, it's Next Stop Mississippi. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy for Women. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again Monday.